0: Welcome back, listeners. Today, I'm really uh, privileged and proud to have in the studio Christina mandlacani who is an international speaker, entrepreneur, artist, philanthropist, and mother of two kids, and co-founder of the Mind Valley. Uh, if you don't know, Mind Valley is a leading publisher in personal growth. So do look it up. Christina, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's deep dive straight into this because unfortunately our time is limited. Um, you have written two books before Seven Days to Happiness, Live by Your Own Rules, um, and co founded obviously Mind Valley. So it's fair enough to say that you've been really involved heavily in the mindset and personal development world mm-hmm. for the last 17 or so years. What is perhaps your biggest teaching? From all of your experiences, <laughs>
1: uh, yes, I have been in personal growth and transformation for twenty years uh, but the, um, the answer to your question probably doesn't lie in that uh, in in that fact um, I believe that uh, My life uh, is a continuous uh, series of lessons and realizations as I go through it. Uh, And one of the titles that I have given myself, it's not in my official bio, is everyday life philosopher, because I I do truly believe that uh, whatever happens to you, if you add a little bit of introspection to that, it is a vehicle for transformation. Uh, In fact, that's probably one of the um, interesting aspects about uh, personal growth and transformation industry. Uh, When you go to academic uh, education, Uh, it's about facts and knowledge. Um, You, Especially the the old-fashioned way of teaching, you kind of had to just know a lot of facts and learn a lot of facts. Uh, When it comes to personal growth and transformation, your knowledge doesn't change anything. You can know all you like uh, unless you uh, change the way you see the world, you perceive the world, uh, your framework. uh, All the amount of knowledge is not going to change anything. So it's knowledge, plus plus experience that gives you the transformation, which is why uh, I believe that every single day of my life has potential for growth.
0: Amazing, amazing. I, I, uh, I'll just add to that for anybody listening in. I think a key component of that is practice. So it's, a, it's an art form which must be practiced. And uh, learning, as Christina says, is a lifelong uh, skill. Christina, you're about to release a new book um, called Becoming Flawsome. (laughs) Uh, What a great title. And to me, it kind of suggests that you've understood or you've got an awareness about your own flaws and have had experiences around those and then written about those effectively. Is that right?
1: Uh, yes i'm definitely aware of my own flaws <laughs> that's that's uh for sure especially considering that i'm an everyday life philosopher i'm maybe a little bit too much in my head but then uh i guess we need we need this kind of people as well um the book however is not my uh my own journey i do use my own journey as illustration from time to time because there's a difference between abstract knowledge or abstract ideas versus uh, a story from uh somebody's real life that makes things a little more more clear. So I do use my life um, as as an illustration, but sporadically, it's not it's not like sequenced in a, in any particular way and it's not uh, 100% coverage, just sometimes occasionally when I need to exp- uh, explain a certain concept. So I hope that this book is going to be uh, an individual and personal journey of every single person who's going to read it. So I do not know how many books will be sold, but I believe that every book sold uh, kind of drops a pin on the map and a new destination. Because I think that when we talk about a journey back to to yourself, it's a very unique destination and I cannot know where it takes.
0: Sure, absolutely. Um, Being Flawsome, it's about acknowledging your flaws and still being awesome anyway. (laughs) Um, What would you say is your biggest flaw? Um, Just so that the audience can really appreciate that vulnerability is actually courage and that you do really uh, admire your own flaws.
1: <laughs> well, um, I have to give a little disclaimer. It's not just being awesome or loving yourself um, uh, despite your flaws. Um, I actually don't even use the, the the word awesome very much in the book. It's uh, it is about self love. It's about self acceptance. Uh, but I venture to go deeper and to go beyond uh, beyond the idea that okay, I'm flawed, but I'm still good uh, into Uh, encouraging people to see that it is exactly the things that they are ashamed of or maybe they um, they shrink from that hold their most unique value for the world. Uh, So it's about finding actually strength in the things which you might think are your weaknesses. So when it comes to me of course I have a lot of uh, a lot of those dragons I call them dragons Uh, and I'll first give you the one which a lot of people will relate to but then I'm I'll I'll think what else I can add to that. I have actually mentioned one. I said I'm too much in my head. It is in personal growth and transformation. It is very often considered a a bad place to be. I have uh, I have realized that that may be my unique my it it is my quirk, but it also gives me um, it gives me the perspective of uh, on life, which which is exactly my my biggest value. Now the one. the one dragon that a lot of us have is perfectionism uh i throw it very lightly because uh, perfectionism is, is not really the scary one we're usually using that one as uh, as a show off flaw <laughs> when somebody asks so what's what's your biggest flaw oh i'm such a perfectionist and it's so easy to admit it is it is really uh um it's a challenge to live with perfectionism, but it is also not the not the not the dragon that we are ashamed of. I think the dragons which uh, we are ashamed of are usually um, a little more personal, a little more intimate, and uh, create slightly more intense emotions than just admitting that you're a perfectionist or you're too much in your head. So, uh, as a woman, I would say one of one of the dragons that I have had uh, hard times taming was um, this. Um, desire to be attractive, no matter what. even in uh, in professional setting, uh, women very often are requested or expected uh, to uh, tone down that side of them. and that was a very hard one to come to terms with. Um, and I mean we, we can go deeper and there are a lot of a lot of big and small dragons in everybody's attic, I believe and oh sorry, dungeon. Attics have bats. <laughs>
0: Well, I would love to dive deeper, and perhaps we can do that another day. But unfortunately, just today, we don't quite have that time. Um, mm. But yeah, equality and diversity is such a big topic in leadership right now. Um, I'd love to dive into that another day with you. In the meantime, I've got a great question for you, and it comes from your book. Uh-huh. You claim honesty a honesty are binary. What do you mean by that?
1: that honesty and authenticity i didn't hear did is that what you yeah. said yeah yeah well uh you know uh, i claim that authenticity is binary in the very beginning of the book and i might have thrown honesty in there but then as the book uh, progresses i actually um i actually do give some uh, grades to honesty as for authenticity yes i think um it's you, you're either authentic or Oh, you're a little bit lying, but once you're a little bit lying, you're not quite true to yourself. So the book opens up with my story where I say that I kind of lived a very, um, very good life it's it by my own rules but there was this little percentage where i uh, compromised uh, my own values or where i would pretend a little bit or put on a mask here and there so that i fit in and uh, that started um, eroding the rest of it uh, and i compare authenticity to <laughs> to a quote from master and margarita it's a it's a classic novel by by bulgakov where where um, there was episode about fish being rotten. So (laughs) my comparison is that if you're a little bit inauthentic, then in essence, you're completely inauthentic. Now, when it comes to honesty, I I do go to degrees um, in honesty. I, uh, I split it into honesty uh, as related to the rest of the world and honesty with yourself. And I do think that when it comes to your relationship with yourself, honesty is binary as well. You're either honest with yourself or you have the tendency of lying to yourself. When it comes to the world, then of course, it's a little bit more complex because we have uh, such phenomena as social. Well, I wouldn't call dishonesty or lying, but uh, essentially, um, well, uh, rules of conduct are based in not always being honest. Uh, but when it comes to honesty with yourself, your relationship with yourself, then this is uh, much more binary. The problem here is that we are not always aware when we are not completely honest because our brain is the, is the machine that likes to trick us into seeing reality, not the way it really is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, we've got to overrule that brain as much as possible because we've had so much conditioning and programming that, uh, The program is a bit skewed sometimes and with regards to authenticity, how easy or difficult is it for you not to call out leaders who are not authentic, but appear to be? (laughs) Uh,
1: It's um, that question would actually require a little deeper answer, uh, because to explain how I um, how I feel about that. You have to understand one of the principles that uh, are very that that is very important in my life. I think that um, your relationship with the world is a reflection of your relationship with yourself, uh, and um, and it is easier to be uh, tolerant and patient with the world if you learn to be tolerant and patient with yourself. So, considering that majority of the world is well, not just perfectionists, but also we are ambitious and um, We have a high bar and we are always uh, a little discontent with our own achievements with our own performance. Uh, Contemporary people are rather self critical, even if it doesn't show on the surface, uh, our internal uh, self talk is rather self critical. So because of that it is um, Uh, it is tempting to uh, pick on everybody else around us. So for me, because I have the rule that my relationship with myself is a, sorry, my relationship with the world, a reflection of my relationship with myself, whenever I get triggered by uh, circumstances or events or people, uh, it's usually an invitation for me to look back inside myself and ask myself, what is it it that is being triggered inside of me? Uh, So, that's why I really don't care if people are a little bit imperfect or if they want to be something and they're not there. Um, if uh, they want to appear authentic for whatever reason, maybe it's there. Uh, maybe maybe they've read Brene Brown and they know that it is important to be authentic as a leader. Uh, maybe it's just a buzzword and it's a fashionable thing to do. But it's, of course, I may notice that and I may, um, if, if I haven't slept well, I may even <laughs> make a mental note. But generally, it's who am I to judge them?
0: Right. That's, that's beautiful. Um, truly beautiful. Now, I've just come back from the UK where I went to a business and empowerment conference for uh, women in business, particularly coming from minorities and what would you say to any woman out there that's looking to lead with authenticity and make progress in the business world what's your Greatest teaching that you can pass on.
1: But I wish I wish my teaching was helpful. But the sad reality of our contemporary life is that uh, it's not easy to um, to take up leadership positions as a woman and stay uh, in your truth. Uh, and I'll try to qualify this answer. Um, unfortunately. Um, very often well if we go into social um in, into into social psychology uh, there is such a thing as social roles and sometimes social roles um are not they require different qualities so our society contemporary society attributes uh the qualities of a good leader to a fairly masculine behavior uh and um the qualities of uh, or more Stereotypical feminine qualities uh, are sometimes contradictory. So very often when um, when a person is confronted the two social roles, Uh, Required different behavior, Uh, our natural tendency is to pick the social role, which is more valued by society. So let's say if I'm a mother and entrepreneur, and my two social roles are at conflict, should I behave like a good entrepreneur or be a good mother? Uh, I am tempted to behave like uh, what is considered to be a good entrepreneur. Moreover, if I behave like that, unfortunately, because I obviously am a woman and a mother, society is going to judge me uh, more based on my role as a as a mother and a, and a female rather than as my role as a, a leader and um and an entrepreneur so i will be actually considered rather a bad mom or a non-feminine woman than a good leader so that's that's just the uh, paradigm in which we live uh so I, Unfortunately, because of that situation, very often if women choose to lead or choose to start businesses, uh, we don't have much choice. We essentially have to pick up those qualities which are considered masculine. Of course, I'm talking very generally right now because it's not very right to stereotype uh, men and women, but there are qualities which are considered more feminine and more masculine. For example, being more concerned about everybody's feelings is considered to be more feminine versus being goal-oriented is considered to be a little bit more masculine. So I'm simplifying it. So what happens is that when women do take up leadership positions, they are usually considered not very feminine women, And they are also considered a little bit, uh, well, I'll be very direct, bitchy, (laughs) a little bit bitchy, a little bit pushy, a little bit too much, a little bit intense, which is not the case for men. I do not, I I can't uh, cite the studies right now, but there's a lot of research that actually proves that this is the reaction of the society, of contemporary society to women taking on leadership positions. Now, I do agree that we need more women in leadership positions, but I do hope that women who take up leadership positions have the strength, the fortitude, the courage to stay true to who they really are. I really hope that society is going to reevaluate what does it mean to be a good leader and start um, and start valuing typically feminine qualities as also good leadership qualities. That a woman can come fully herself without having. Uh, I, I'm going to give a very abstract term right now. Without having to put on pants and we, being in her truth and 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 be a leader that people actually admire and follow uh when is that going to happen i do not know but i do believe that we women have to support each other in that uh, on that path and and um i've seen I've seen women who do that who dare to stay to stay feminine, who dare to actually want to stay attractive, for example, and I know it's not considered okay in the professional world. Take um prime minister of of Finland, Sana Marin, who is a young young woman, young attractive woman, how much criticism she gets for for you know not becoming as as the society deems more professional. Uh, so what would I suggest? Or what would I uh, wish for the woman who listened to this? I wish uh, us ladies, women, sisters, fortitude, fortitude and courage to stay true to what we are.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Absolutely beautiful. And thank you for sharing. Um, Just one last question for you. What does stay outstanding mean to you?
1: Stay outstanding. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I actually do not know about the the outstanding per se. Uh, I think uh, what I care about is that people stay true to themselves, and what mm-hmm. it means to each and every person is uh, is up to each and every person to decide. So I'm uh, I, I am an ambitious perfectionist, and have always been all my life. So it's easy for me to relate to people who who come to personal growth, who listen to podcasts, who go to events, because these are generally the people who are you know, restless and who want to move, who want to grow. But I also, I also want to encourage people who, who accidentally venture in this world um, out of curiosity, but might not actually want to be outstanding. I don't know. There are people who just want to maybe do what they love to do or be, with their loved ones, uh, and and that's fine with me as well. I will repeat the same as I said to one of your previous questions, who am I to, to judge? What I wish people could could do is just stay true to what, what it means to be them. So not everybody needs to be a leader, not everybody needs to be extroverted, not everybody needs to be, uh, well, successful in a very narrow definition of that term. Um, some, some of us maybe don't even want that so much it's uh, it's just the convention to to follow the same goals but we we uh, we follow them we do the the good boy and the good girl thing and then somewhere at the age of 40 30 50 i do not know who when, but we discover that that we have done all the right things but we are in the dead end and we're not happy and uh, we are depressed i think it is because we don't stay true to ourselves and we we follow the goals that somebody else thinks we should.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Stay Outstanding is all about, I heard uh, your co-founder talking in a a conference about resonance. And it's all about living at that highest resonance, the best version of yourself. So for anyone listening, I think uh, what Christina was trying to say is, stay the course, stay true to yourself. There is a podcast episode entitled Stay the Course, go and listen to it go grab a copy of christina's new book coming out in april 2023 i'm so excited to uh, see it published and affect uh, all that it touched christina thank you so much for being a guest on the show
1: thank you for having me it was a pleasure thank you thank you
0: yeah you all right
1: I, 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 you refer to vision yeah we we have a slightly different energy he's more he's more the person who who says you have to live extraordinary life um i I relate to that, but i'm a little bit um i speak to a slightly different audience from him, so you know different people require different messages
0: sure of course now just the stay outstanding element for my listeners was quite oh, okay. important okay S- sorry if i missed that. Um, So, yeah, I just wanted to kind of get back into that kind of uh, level. But anyway, yeah, (laughs) I really, really appreciated that. And uh, I loved your perspective on empowering women in business and leadership. And I wish we had more time.
1: Yes, we can. We can arrange it for some time when it's not a marathon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Okay. Well, I would really like that.
1: Okay, sure. I'll tell my team. Thank you.
0: Good luck with the book. All the best. Thank you.
1: I I, I need it. Thank you. Yeah, bye.
0: You don't need it. The universe is supporting you. Uh, Sure, yes. Bye. 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 Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the content and got any value, please do like it, rate it, follow, subscribe, and leave a comment. You'll find us across all the social media channels, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. It's been my privilege to host you today. I'm Gavin Scott. Until next time, stay outstanding.